Today is May 25th, 2021, the one-year anniversary of the killing of George Floyd. We are dedicating this episode to him, his memory, and the impact that his killing has had on the consciousness of America and the world. Um, sort of a heavy day, um, a day to reflect, in my opinion. And also, I don't know, Marcus, I don't know how you feel about this, but how do you feel about this day and George Floyd and just his memory and the impact that he's had? Yeah, I mean, I say it's a day that we should honor him. Um, I think it's a day that we should honor his family. Um, I know he he didn't wake up that day planning to make a sacrifice, but I think we've all benefited from his um, just horrible uh, uh, passing and the way that everything happened. And I just, I champion his family for for fighting to make sure his name is not forgotten, to make sure that he did not die in vain, and to make sure that the people and the perpetrators who is the reason why he's no longer here um, had to pay for that. And I think that was justifiable. And I just, you know, it's what a heavy heart, you know, we've, we've, in this community, we've just lost so many people in such a heinous way, um, oftentimes from the very people who are supposed to protect us. So I, I, I just want to say, hey, gone, but never forgotten. Um, let's continue to keep his family uplifted in thoughts and prayers because um, we've all lost people in our lives and, and, it, and it doesn't get easier just because uh, a couple of months didn't pass. Every day they're going to recognize that there's a hole in their family and a hole in their hearts. And hopefully we can uplift them to help fill some of the space in their heart that's um, being left void from his passing. So um, we just want to take this time to acknowledge that and uh, let everyone know to keep them in their, their thoughts. And um, yeah, hopefully uh, we can do better as a society and, and, and better as a, as a people. Absolutely. I, I like how you said keep them in your thoughts and also our consciousness and our actions and our activism and whatever we need to do to get us to what we collectively as a people and as a nation, you know, come out to the streets to call for and to ask for. Um, justice and equality for all, um, regardless of race, gender, and what have you, right? So um, with that said, should we get going? Let's do it. Welcome to another episode of Culture Score. This is BT. This is Marcus. Um, in this podcast, we review film and TV through a lens at the intersection of Black culture and popular culture. We are at the heart of culture and the entertainment industry. Today, we're covering Tom Clancy's Without Remorse. It says Tom Clancy, so must have been a novel. Um, it's a movie that's from a novel, and as the name implies, it is one of his works that, you know, many years later turned into this movie that were talking about i'm going to be reviewing today in the podcast it was brought to you by amazon studios it was directed by stefano salima it was written by taylor sheridan and will staples and it's a bunch of lead characters but obviously this is carried by michael b jordan i'm going to toss out a few names jimmy bell jody turner smith luke mitchell and a few others um marcus what's this movie about um i'm a big tom clancy fan um if you've watched any of Harrison Ford's huge movies in the 90s, you've watched um, movies that's been adapted from his books. Um, John Clancy, I could go on and on. So if you don't know who Tom Clancy is, he's, he's no longer with us, but he probably is one of the biggest authors as far as um, his adaptations been made into movies. This is a vehicle where Michael B. Jordan uh, is playing basically the signature action hero, John Clark. Uh, he's a rogue Navy SEAL. Um, he has the beautiful wife of Laura London, um, who a lot of us uh, know uh, from her work as an actress and also as the the wife and widow of um, Nipsey Hussle. Um, and his wife is uh, murdered while very pregnant with his child after a uh, rogue mission uh, ends up having some Russians come into the United States and they come in and sneak into his house in the night and kill his wife and unborn child. And from that moment on, uh, all hell breaks loose. And uh, for, for the lack of a better term, Michael B. Jordan takes on another role that's similar to Sylvester Stallone because he he becomes a Rambo 
<laughs> so very similar to him going from Creed, uh, like in Creed. So uh, a couple of similarities to Sylvester Stallone, but um, action packed. And uh, yeah, let's do a deep dive. I think you should have said from that moment on, it's on. Because that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> to the break of you, dawn. Need, you need to come up with those lines, man. I am back. I will be back. From that moment on, it's on. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I, can't. Oh, man. I so need that levity today. I so need it. <laughs> I'm trying, man. I'm trying. I'm trying to give you um, some levity. I'm also trying to give you patented or trademarked lines that you can have in I your portfolio. That. I need that. I do. I do. <laughs> right, so let's get to all it. right. So so here here's the thing. Like when we when we do these shows, we always try to come up with like a perspective, um, some topics that's just not, you know, status quo. And so uh, I think with this film, we're going to do that more so than others, you know? So I guess one of the first things I want to pose to you, BT, is, um, you know, when I, when I was watching this film, I was like, was it a, what is it about uh, American culture and the people who watch movies and the people who make these movies that, that just makes us fall in love with this, this one person against the world? Like, I, I kind of used Rambo earlier, whether it's Rambo or Terminator or Conan the Barbarian. Commando. Or, or, or yeah, or even like Van Bruce Willis in uh, Die Hard. We, we love, we love as an American audience watching this one person just run through everybody like they're Superman. And I'm just kind of curious because this movie really falls into that same one, ga- one guy is on a mission and he's going James Bond on everybody or... Uh, Jason Bourne, like, I, I'm kind of curious, like, you know, um, you know, what do you think that's about? What does that say about us as American moviegoers that we have such an affinity for this one person versus the world type story? Yeah, it's definitely that. But just to kind of get away from that tip, I think it's a human thing, not so much an American thing. The American side of it is the commercial side, but I think it's human for us to see ourselves in a picture. And I'm talking literal, even if you're looking at a picture that you took, somebody took on their phone, or you're looking at a picture as in a film or TV show, we always want to see ourselves in it and we want to be in it. And because of that, and the way that the stories that we like to follow, it, it goes back to the fundamental human traits or qualities, however you want to call it, that we aspire to have in us. Right. And so whether it's, you know, European or American, you know, we always want to see good or evil. You know, you want to see love, your rom-coms, redemption, courage and perseverance, you know, coming of age. Now they are this like revenge, patriotism and to glorify grit and like greatness, like all these things that, you know, either a little girl in you or a little boy in you or a big boy, big girl, woman, man, grandfather, what have you. Like we all have these things in us that loves to fight, you know, loves to overcome. And because of that, you know, once it's represented in one person, it's hard to like tie these traits in a group of people, even though you can do that in, you know, movies where it's like a tribe or like a war with a whole army or, or all of those things. But there's only so many of those stories you can tell as opposed to having the individual, right? So that and the, the story structures that, you know, Hollywood uses, you know, that I kind of formulate, but I crafted to set up the delivery of all these things that we talk about and make sure that the arc of the movie really highlights them. You know, so little boys end up being superheroes, like little girls want to be princesses, then your rom-coms and all of that. So, I mean, to me, it's really around being human and what we strive to become outside of the mundane aspects of our life. And then for America, obviously, we make it big, we make it hairy, we use VFX and all of that to make it flashy and to make it, you know, a popcorn type of movie or popcorn type of show that you can sit and watch and enjoy it. Because without that, you know, it's hard for you to go do your nine to five or run your business or, you know, what have you and watch them and not sleep. Or like some of the movies that we do that are kind of like the small indie movies, somebody has to convince you to watch them. Right. So that's kind of how I look at it. I look at it first as something that's, you know, overwhelmingly human. And then, you know, the American culture, it has to be big. It has to run 
um, you know, has to be flashy. He has to attract people to the theaters. He has to attract people for ratings. And that's just an extension of what, of, of the humanity in us and what we aspire to be. Um, and then we throw that dash of American in it. So, I mean, that's kind of how I think, I think about that. What about you? I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to what you said in the initial part of your comment when you start bringing about the patriotism. I think America, we wear our flag. You know, you go to other countries, you don't see everybody have a flag on their porch. You know, that's a very American thing. You don't see other countries have, you know, flyovers at sporting events. America has become so militaristic and and so um, you know, nationalistic sometimes. Like we really love our flag. We love that. And and that's there's nothing necessarily wrong with it. I'm just saying that I think that plays a huge part in these types of movies because they're typically that one person and typically one man versus the world is typically a cop, a military person, um, somebody like Conan and Barbet, some type of warrior. There's this, there's this innate thing in us to see like, man, one person can make a difference. Yeah, that's true. No denial, no disagreement. But can one person really kill 220 people and still look good doing it? <laughs> uh, if they are, those some soft, those some soft people they fight, you know, in real life, you know. And don't get it twisted. Like I get it. Hey, Michael Dude, B. You, Jordan you, comes <laughs> out looking like a Greek god. I am not disrespecting this man's work ethic and his physique. And I'm sure all of our female and people who are into, you know, that look are very excited to see him in such a manner. Um, and so I'm not taking nothing from him. I'm not saying Michael B. Jordan couldn't lay it the smack it down on somebody. I'm not saying that. But at the same time, I gotta be, I gotta think like, are those Russians he fighting? Could he really take down 200 of them and only have a, a hurt ankle? Man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me, let me tell you, i tell you a quick story real quick. We used to, like, when we were younger growing up, we used to love, you know, watching these ninja movies, right? Mm-hmm. And we'd be sitting in the living room watching it. And you know how they had those little smoke bombs that they'll throw down and disappear? Yes. And my dad would be walking through, and he would see that and be like, ah, oh, take that off. What kind of crap is that, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'll look at him, and I just think in my head, like... Man, it sucks to be old. Like you can't even enjoy the little things of life. Like this is like a real ninja disappearing. Like what? Why is he being a party pooper? And here you are <laughs> talking about Michael. B. You really think as muscular and badass as he was, he can't kill five hundred people? Like believe this, Marcus. This is reality. Why are you messing look, it up? Look, the only way he knocking it. And no disrespect, Michael B. I respect you to the utmost. But the only way you're going to be beating up 250 people when it's not fighting one at a time, and even if they were, you would be exhausted, is if none of them had a gun and you got unlimited bullets. Because <laughs> that's the one thing, you know? And I ain't going to lie, like, one of my greatest heroes as far as, like, action films, who is, to me, the perfect example of it, is Bruce Lee. And you can't say nothing bad about Bruce Lee to me, because I just won't have it. But Bruce Lee was the king of it. But... But the ISA always say maybe it's because it's part of the culture. Like they didn't try to just come at him all at once. People would try to fight him one at a time. And I'm like, he's just so quick and so much, you know, at a higher skill level, he can do it. With Michael B. Jordan, you know, he's this super trained. And that's that's the Americanization of it all. We always act like our military training is so much better. And I'm sure the Russians feel that way, the Chinese, the Israelis, whoever it is, I'm sure they all, we all have special uh, uh, forces. So if two of them fall, just two, it's going to go to, it's going to go 12 rounds. So I just can't imagine sometimes when you see 250 people taking an L by one dude that's not Superman or, or Wonder Woman, something like that. I just know, I'm like, come on, come on. But, you know, I can suspend belief, but I just always think it's really uh, hilarious. It's like it's his own genre movie of, the, the one versus the world. I mean, I, I gave you 15 examples in the beginning. Like, I love James Bond. Like, love it. But this man be kicking tail. He has two scratches on his face. Ain't got, a, ain't got no dirt on his tuxedo. He was hurt. Right. He was you know, hurt. And still got a one-liner and still tonguing down the beautiful girl. Like, come on, man. Who don't want that life? That's why, that's why those theaters be packed. Because we all wish we could be that cool and be able to do all that. 
but most of us can't even catch a fish on Sunday. So it's just like, <laughs> hey, that's what you, it's what it is. You got to suspend belief. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, okay. I got jokes today. Got jokes, everybody. You got it today. Um, you got the levity coming. So I, that's good. Yeah, yeah. You pull it out of me, you know? Yeah, you know, somebody has to do it. It might as well be me. Oh, we can just say you're enjoying this special forces kill 200 people joke too much. (laughs) (laughs) You're probably watching it like, oh, please, my drink's not tasting as good anymore. This exaggeration is too much, right? Yeah, I mean, you know what? And I love Die Hard. Like, I, I don't know a lot of guys, especially. And no disrespect to the ladies out there. I'm sure a lot of you all like it as well. Um, but I just, when you see Bruce Willis, I mean, he's a smaller guy and the way they had him dressed in, in the, in the t-shirt and, and, uh, you know, looking all, you know, like a, what a dad bod. I'm like, this man did it. At least with Michael B. Jordan, Michael B. Jordan looked like he'd been chiseled out of some kind of stone or something. So at least when I see this brother, I'm like, yo, he going to put a hurting on somebody. And most of us didn't already saw him in Black Panther. Uh, Wakanda forever, Wakanda forever, everybody, and uh, and also seen him in Creed. So we know this guy can throw down. Like we yeah. know that. I mean, you could just you just know it. So it's not. It's a little easier to suspend belief when you know he looks like that. And no, no disrespect to Bruce Willis, but uh, I don't think Bruce Willis want none of that. That Michael B. Jordan smoke because <laughs> that dude is rock <laughs> solid. <laughs> I'm just I'm just putting it out there. Inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> Eats wires and shit nails. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, I know people like uh, they just have their own inside jokes, right? right. Like he's just <laughs> sitting there having a good time. So, but how do you feel about the whole setup? Like the movie felt like aspects of it were built for a sequel, right? It feels like a setup. I didn't personally mm-hmm. feel like that, but I know there were spots in it that just felt that way. How do you feel about? movies that are kind of built for that what's coming next did did, did this feel that way to you i know i've had this question like five different ways did it did this movie feel to you like it was a setup for something else that's coming yeah i I, you know i gotta touch on that i'm glad you asked that question because it is a peeve of mine I'm, i'm a big fan of standalone movies um, I want every movie to stand alone. Now, if you leave me with a cliffhanger, that's fine. As long as the whole movie wasn't about that getting to that point, and then you still don't tell me after that movie. Like, when you watch, like, there's not a lot of uh, movies, I think, that does uh, sequels and trilogies really well. The ones that we all pretty much respect is The Godfather was really, really excellent. Oh, that was, um, yeah, that was really Some good. people would say Lord of the Rings. I was never a Harry Potter fan. Um, believe it or not, I just watched Harry Potter. I know, I'm, I'm here I am, a person who talks about movies and never, ever saw Harry Potter. But I'm not usually into all the Dungeons and Dragons of it all, even though I did like Game of Thrones. So let me make that clear. Um, I never saw Harry Potter until last year. And that was after getting coaxed and and prodded to watch it. And even after I saw it, I was like, eh. I think, Game of, I think Game of Thrones should be required watching. But go ahead. I, I, this, yeah, that's I, the point. Yeah, yeah. I, okay, we're going we gonna to take a little annex real quick. That's You know, that's what we're going to do. I really think we need to do that. That should be one of our episodes. I want to get BT's top five greatest TV shows of all time because I I got a very I got a list that I've been wanting to talk about for a while. So that's gonna be something you know what, that we, we need do to that as a bonus episode someday. Yeah, let's do that. But um, but yeah, like I don't like movies that's like I feel like the whole movie is just a setup for a sequel. And um, I don't want to give away my review, but there were certain things about this film that. I didn't necessarily love. And I think the main one is that it just felt like it was always trying to like prepare you to make this a new franchise. I like for franchises to be made by interest and by doing something unique. Like when the first Matrix came out, to this day, I still think the Matrix may have been one of the most innovative, amazing films ever. And they didn't. And then the second one, I, I know it wasn't nearly as good as the first one, but it was just so groundbreaking that you were like, oh no, you got to give me more of that. I don't yeah. want you to give me a movie that's like, hey, this is a setup for the next one. I don't, I don't like setups. The only, the only entity that has done a sensational job of creating this, you know, uh, the sequels and the next one and the next one is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. 
they give you a beginning, a middle, and an end, and then they give you a tease. And that tease carries you over to the next one. And then the next one comes, you get a beginning, a middle, an end, and then a tease. This one here felt like you gave me a beginning, and then you gave me a tease. That's what I felt like. And that, I I can't lie, I'll always feel a little disappointed in that. And, and I don't want to be, you know, and also like, cause I'm going to kind of give you a little bit review of the, of the movie for me or what I like and what I didn't like, but I just felt like that is a major faux pas for me. I think every movie should stand alone. Um, I felt like Laura London just, I didn't feel like she was in, I mean, you blink and you miss her. I didn't like that. I don't feel like they developed that story very well for that. And if I could, the things that I like best about it, which, you know, doesn't have to do with the whole setup for a sequel. The actors, they gave you all they could give you with what they got. Um, I think Michael B. Jordan clearly shows he can carry a film. Um, the supporting cast, they were really, really good. Guy Pierce, these are like really gr- uh, good actors. Like, and they did uh, they did great with what they were given. Um, there was three stunts that was in this movie that I thought was really, really good, but I didn't love the story. And I think the reason why I didn't love the story is it seemed very cliche, very kind of predictable. So hold that, semi- hold, hold that, hold that. Mm-hmm. Okay. In that ro- I want that to get into your scoring of the movie. And I oh, also no, no, I'm not going to give you my score. Yeah, yeah, I, I won't okay. give you the score. But I was just saying, that my only point I'll end with this, the only reason why I say that, those things are very common for films that are made to create sequels. That's where okay. I was going with Got it. it. It's just, okay. yeah, so that's it. where I was going. Yeah. Yeah. So, that, so what are your I, thoughts? I, I also want us to talk about Michael B. You know, if he's becoming a star. So pin that thought that you have. Wait, wait, wait. wait. You, didn't, you didn't give me your part. You didn't give me no, your I'm, part. No, I'm, like, you? I'm about to. I'm oh, okay. about to. I'm about to. I just okay. said I want you to pin that thought so we can visit with it in a little bit. But so to me, I, I haven't read any Tom Clancy novel, to be honest. And so to me, usually when I read the novels and I watch the movies, I'm, I'm a lot more in tune with it. I haven't read any of them. Um, and, you know, while I did in, in researching and I've, so I've watched Jack Ryan and obviously some of those other ones, but the whole setup aspect to me was not too evident, even though there are some sections in the movie that I, I thought were, 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 you know, there were, you could tell that they were referencing other things and that there were some lazy doll parts in the middle that probably were tied to other things. I didn't really feel that way. There were other aspects to it that I thought were, actually came across much more pronounced than me thinking about what else Tom Clancy was thinking about or how he wrote the book or what have you. So th- there's some references to me that I found in the movie that kind of tied to today's socioeconomic political climate, right, that, that we're in. That's one that actually made me think of, you know, Colin Kaepernick, you know, and the issue of the flag that's been coming up and you know, how that whole issue was tied into, you know, military service and that. There's a, there's Michael B's character said in the movie, I'm trying to look at the quote here. We serve the country that didn't love us back because we believed in what it could be. I want to be honest and say that is part of a much of a longer quote. But he was talking about there's a lot of political nuance and bureaucracy that's tied into why he went off in the movie and obviously the Russian reference, which is also relevant in today's climate of, you know, the, the, you know, Russian interference in, you know, politics and how Russian, you know, espionage, you know, IT or espionage, like spying on computers and just having a higher level of, you know, spies in the world and all that. So there are references to today's reality in the movie that, kind of heightened my attention more so than some of the other things that were tied to, um, you know, the whole Tom Clancy empire. So did it matter to me? Not so much. Did the societal aspects and the references that they tied to it actually pique my attention? Absolutely. Did the the reference to Russia being sort of like a a Cold War adversary and all of that, is it as relevant today? It probably is, but not to a common person, you know, like I am, right? I'm sure that the folks that work in the FBI and the CIA see those things, but it's not as relevant as it was maybe when, you know, Russia was actually Russia, right? So, you know, with that said, I I didn't find that to be too much of a thing. 
But I have to confess that I don't really follow that whole Tom Clancy en- empire as much. And I didn't find a, I don't find the easy reference to Jack Ryan, um, which I've watched. I don't find the easy references to some of the other things that I think kind of distracted people, uh, uh, you included, from watching and enjoying this. It was just a lazy, action-packed shooter that, like you said, the actors did very well you know, in, in their roles and their characters that, you know, I could just sit back and lazily watch and say, damn, like, Michael B. That's a good segue into Michael B. Like, yo, Michael B. is really killing this in a role that I haven't mm-hmm. seen him portray before, right? So right. that's how I felt about it. No, no, it makes sense. I mean, and I, let's let's be clear. Um, our, And that's something I think I, we should kind of explain. Like, I don't feel like our rating system is necessarily like, okay, this is Shakespearean, and so that's going to get a five, and this gets a what? Like, no, it's we, we kind of rate things based on, are you going to enjoy it? Are you going to have, are you going to, you know, like, and did you feel when you walked away, you not only did you enjoy it, but you could take something away from it? So I think it's really important that we say that to people, but, you know, I, I loved when I was younger in Clear and Present Danger, um, there was just so many of these, like Harrison Ford was like killing it in the nineties. And it was just so many of those kind of films. And I, and I'm so happy to see Michael B. Jordan. I think he's the first time that a, a, a black guy or a person of color period has played the main character of a Tom Clancy, uh, book. And so I, like I said, I like the acting. I just, I just get, I don't know. It just kind of bothers me a little bit when I feel like if I went to the theaters and I watched this movie and I spent my money. And I felt like you took my money, but you only took my money to say, come back and see me next time. But you didn't give me fulfillment for this film. Nah, that, that sometimes I don't, I don't really love that. And I do feel like this movie sometimes uh, kind of jumped the shark and was just trying to prepare for, the, for a franchise. And I feel like you got to catch me with the first one. You can't just take for granted that I'm going to want to come and see the second and third one if you didn't give me enough on the first one. But you know what? Who knows? Sometimes the first one isn't that great, and then the second and third one are much, much better. That happens sometimes. So, so hey. this was this was Michael B. I want to follow up. This movie's really mm-hmm. cared about Michael B. Do you feel like he's hit superstar status? <sighs> okay. See, I'm trying really hard. You you hit me with these questions, and I try to answer stuff as succinct as I can. I'm trying try to be sleek about it, so I, I got to ask I can't, you I can't, bluntly. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't, sometimes I don't want to be long-winded with stuff, and I just want to give you yes and no, but this is one of those that I got to give you a little no, extra No, 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 I want, I got to give it, I want, I'm I want yes and no, then you can, I'm going give me to give yes you and no, and then start ex- don't give me on the one hand, on the other hand, and no, then I have to, I have to look, draw a look, conclusion, look, like what is Marcus's conclusion? I am not a politician, I'm not going to straddle any fences or any lines, I'm going to give you my answer, but it comes with some anecdotals. Um, okay. I do believe that he has hit superstar status. Um, And I want to be clear. I think there's a difference in being a star and being a superstar. And I do think he's a superstar because there's not a lot of um, opportunity or even proof in the pudding of a, a black man being able to carry a film. And this person has now carried two creeds. And let's be honest, um, as vital, um, rest in peace, chat with Bozeman, as he was as he was in Black Panther, Killmonger being Michael B. Jordan, also helped carry that movie. Um, and so to me, it was almost, I won't say they carried it equally because Black Panther is still the main person, but let's be real, Killmonger, he he he's responsible for 40% of carrying that film. So I feel like Michael B. Jordan has done that, and to his credit. Not only has he starred in the films, he's produced them. And, and if I can just give him a little props, and I don't know Michael B. Jordan, I'm not kissing up, but I got to give a person their due. He's one, I think he's the first person in Hollywood to just, you know, commit and to pledge that he's going to have, you know, 50% of all the people who work on his films be people of color and women. He's the it's first right, one yeah. to do that. So, I mean, that needs not be brushed, uh, swept up under a rug. I mean, that's... To be such a young person and to use his influence, because you got to keep in mind, years ago, actors weren't going to do anything to piss off a studio or take too many of stance because they didn't want to hurt, you know, who they are or hurt their marketability. There's a young man who started off, I think, in The Wire, 
and he's had he did, yeah. nothing but hit every like think about how many things that he's been in that are that are that has so much cultural impact and i don't know how old he is i think what is he like in his like 32 33 years old or something in that range so i do think he's a superstar and once the world starts caring about who you date you didn't you didn't you didn't you didn't you're now in a new uh, stratosphere i mean as many great movies as this man has been in all i've heard the last 3 to 6 months is he dating steve harvey's daughter I was like, who is Steve Harvey's daughter? I didn't even know who that was really until I saw Michael B. Jordan was with her. And I'm like, oh. And I'm like, okay, when they start caring about who you're dating, you're officially a superstar. So yes, uh, anybody who carries this many movies, anybody who's in the third highest grossing movie of all time, anybody, I mean, because now the, the Rocky franchise with Creed, I mean, two Creed movies probably have made probably half of what five or six Rockies have. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, if you can put butts in seats and he he's crossed over, he's not just a person that black people want to go see. He's not just a guy that black girls are screaming over whites, blacks, Puerto Ricans, Haitians, Hispanics, everybody. Everybody is like, yo, Michael B. Jordan's that guy. So, yeah, I, I would say he has officially entered Morgan Freeman, Denzel Washington, Will Smith. Um, Samuel L. Jackson. Ah, ah, he, he, don't be blasphemous, a, man. Don't be blasphemous. No, 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 nah, no, he, no, can, I, he can get in, in that, that meeting. He can go to that meeting, but I don't know that he'll stand when those well, guys stand. Uh, well, the only reason why I say that is because, like, you know, if you look at it, he commands a check of $15 million now. I mean, you can honestly say, like, he's in Black Panther and he's what, probably second billing? So you can take a lot of those other guys' movies, and I trust me, I'm a huge Morgan Freeman, Samuel L. Jackson, Denzel, Will Smith fan. But I, if you really look at all of those guys, the youngest one that I named is Will Smith, and he's in his fifties. So we got yeah, start but dude, I think I think stars. what I think what you just did this, you went from the superstar question to legend. Like you're going into that body of work. When you start talking about some of those people where it's like, okay, I agree you can come to that meeting, but they could probably still ask you to run outside and bring, you know, grab us a bottle of water out there, man. Like, this is Denzel talking. No, 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 like, no. I, I will say this. Now, I, I hear what you're saying, and let me just defend myself, and then I want you to kill this question however you like. But I'm not saying he's Mount Rushmore. What I'm saying is he – his how movies – how the movie industry works, and you know this, is – for every time you an actor is on top billing for a film, they say, how much of a dollar is that? are they getting in return for their investment by having that person's name on a marquee? Thanks. I am willing to go out on a limb and just say, because if I'm not mistaken, the last one that I saw came out, the three most uh, profitable movie stars, the top five actually, was number one was Dwayne Rock Johnson. I think number two was Melissa McCarthy. Um, I think she was number two. Number three was Kevin Hart. I think Jennifer Lawrence was number four, and I think Leonardo DiCaprio was number five. And what I'm saying is how many leading men that are black, not just now, but in the last 30, 40 years, can consistently give you a number one movie in America and can command a $15, $20 million paycheck? That's what I meant by that. I don't mean to compare him to the $8 billion that Samuel Jackson movies have made. or I'm not doing that, but I'm just saying right now, Michael B. Jordan puts as many butts in seats as Will Smith, Morgan Freeman, Samuel Jackson, and Denzel Washington. And that's not hyperbole. That's just statistics. I, that's I just will facts. not argue that with you. Um, I think yeah. he's there. He's there right now. And he's on the upside of his trajectory, as opposed to some of those other names that are more established and probably um, plateaued or starting to go down a little bit. So I'm with you there. Yeah. And he's not just an action star. Like... If you haven't seen Just Mercy, the movie he did with Jamie Foxx, that that is an that is an amazing film. And I think had it not come out uh, Christmas time of what was that twenty nineteen, and I, I I don't think he got enough due. Jamie Foxx was amazing, but anytime you got two people carrying a movie, they they have to carry each other. And I think I think Jay, uh, Michael B. Jordan was overlooked for that. I just think it was really well done, and so. I, that's what I'm saying. He reminds me, like, you can have Samuel Jackson. He can play this yelling, profane kind of role, but he can also be subtle and, and do different things. You can't put him in a box. I like what, as I'm going to use your term, the trajectory that Michael B. Jordan, I like the roles that he's chosen. He's chosen 
to be a, a, a leading man. He's chosen to be an action guy. He's chosen to be a bad guy. Like Killmonger had layers to him. He's chosen to be like in this type of role. Um, the only thing we haven't seen him do really is a rom-com, and I'm sure he's going to do that. Like I like that he has layers. It's very, it's very Denzel-esque. It's very Will Smith-esque about how he's chosen his roles. And I think he's going to have longevity, to be honest with you. So do no, you I'm think not. he's hit superstar status? Is he just a star? Or has he hit that next echelon of being a superstar in your mind? You already gave all the, you made all the arguments. I can just tell you yes or no, and I won't be done. <laughs> but you're a big brain. You, you know, I'm, I used to, well, you know, I want to be a lawyer. So, you know, I'm really good at arguing my point. So, <laughs> so I should have so let when, you go first. I'm you, sorry. When you beat, you beat a point and shred it down and put it in the freaking. Juicer, what else do you want me to do? Just drink it? All right, send me the straw. Let me drink it. So, <laughs> my bad. Hey, shout out so, to Hampton University for preparing me for this oh podcast. Oh, Lord. They, they H-U. HU. Uh, the I haven't heard that 1,000 times. I heard it 1,001 times. Do not H-U. disrespect my home by the sea. Do not do it. All right. Can anyway, I just tell can me? Can I shout out yes. University of Minnesota too, Carlson? You, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm not gonna do that. Um, it's it's about it's too the late. H- it's too late. the HBCU support black colleges. <laughs> yes, indeed. I need you need to buy that T-shirt and or the the hoodies and send them over to me. So when we're doing this podcast, I can wear them for you. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna matter of fact, I'm gonna make that happen. We're gonna get a photo shoot. I'm gonna make sure you rocking rocking the blue and white. It's going. Down. What bet did I lose? <laughs> you ain't lose a bet. You've been gifted. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's a gift. That's a blessing right. to be able to. Go on and talk about Michael B. Jordan. Come on. All right, Michael B. Jordan, is he a superstar? Yes. How's that? I think, you know, to me. I knew you thought that because you're the biggest. This is the number one to all the eight-year-olds, 10-year-olds out there, and even all the people. No one can go one-on-one with BT when it comes to his love for Black Panther. Now, I I thought I loved Black Panther. I am from the country of Wakanda, (laughs) my friend. He is the mayor the the police chief, the, the head surgeon of Wakanda is, is the, the number executioner. one thing. <laughs> Vote counting, recounts, the whole nine. <laughs> no, so to to Michael B. Um, I think absolutely. I think he's hit that status. You know, I, if you I think about dimensions of it, you you want somebody that's sort of in a creative role that develops a character from scratch as opposed to just playing canned characters. And I think with Killmonger, like you said, he did that. He took a role that wasn't supposed to be the lead or the highlight, and he totally made it. Like, you can argue that, you know, if Chadwick Boseman was number one in Black Panther, he was at worst one and a half, right? Not two. You know, mm-hmm. box office draw, Creed. 2020 Sexiest Man Alive by People Magazine, right? So, I yeah. mean, if that doesn't yeah. say you're a superstar, Black Panther, Fruitvale Station, Creed, Justice League, The Flashman Paradox. So he's done voice work. He's done creative work. He's produced. He's directed. You know, you know, he puts butts on the seats. You know, his movies sell well. And he actually, in this one, I say he absolutely carried it. So I don't know what else you need to do to be a superstar. And with this... Yeah. um. You can you can actually argue that because this role wasn't written for him, they make adjustments to put him in a movie, and they don't just make adjustments and just you know pull his face and throw in like we've talked about before. They actually adjust to bring out elements of what he represents, right? His 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 culture, if you want to call it that, the nuances of who he is to be built into these roles for him to play. So, absolutely, I say that if that's not superstar status. I don't know that you can name anybody in Hollywood right now that he can't get in a room with, right? So, um, yeah, I would say honestly, just to kind of cap that, I would say right now, if I if you really had to name who are the top five hottest actors uh, actresses right now, who as soon as they got a movie out, people are going to see it. I'm gonna be real with you, like, okay, The Rock. I can't, you got, he's, he's always putting butts in seats, but Michael B. Jordan. Um, I, I can't think of anybody else who's really like doing that right now. I mean, he just every, and Leonardo DiCaprio, clearly everything he does, I mean, it's going to be number one, but everybody else kind of has a little, 
you know, they might get a little dust here and there. Like Jennifer Lawrence had like seven, eight, nine, just straight, just bangers, just hits, number one. And then, you know, then she made a couple of movies that didn't do well and she's kind of stepped away for a little while. But I can't, you know, I would say before Chad with Bozeman passed, he was in that list. I mean, every time he was doing something, it was just critically acclaimed. So I just don't know if I could, yeah, if not only is he a superstar, he's amongst the top five, probably most discussed, most searched, um, best ticket sales of anybody out there, probably besides The Rock, Kevin Hart, Leonardo DiCaprio. Throwing Ryan Reynolds in there too, Vin Diesel. Like, I mean, there's some people. Ryan had a couple flubs too, though. Like, he's had. No, he's he kind has. Of having a resurgence because yeah. of Deadpool, but he—I mean—and I, I know disrespect to um, Ryan Reynolds, but I'm saying, you know, they—they they have their peaks, they have their valleys. Like, I don't know if I've really seen Michael B. Jordan have a movie that people's like, ah, oh, that's a stinker. It didn't do well. Now, is he going to have one? Every actor, I don't care who you are, Tom Hanks, the greatest of the great, you're going to have a couple stinkers every now and then. But I'm just talking about right now. I—I I don't care what race, what face, what gender. I, I don't know if you can name a another person i mean a hotter actor right now than than michael b jordan maybe the rock maybe all right but that's so let me do this since you were talking i get a chance to ask for your score (laughs) what is your score (laughs) i usually said i usually said i set you up so you could talk last so you could be like what's your score give me your score so what is your score what would you rate this as i am going to get this and i'm just going to come straight out i'm gonna get us a 2.75 Oh, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me get my calculator. I'd go yeah, ahead 2. while I point seven five. I I really think that Michael B. Jordan carried it well for what he was given. Um, I think the supporting actors had the skills and they they gave it what they had. Um, like I said, I thought the special effects and the and the three big kind of stunts that was in the movie was well done. I got to be honest, I didn't really like the script. It felt a little boring and very predictable, and it just felt like a rehash of 80s and 90s, you know, these types of movies. Um, and I, I couldn't get over that. And I, did, and I didn't like how, you know, let's be honest, like he made a couple comments about how this country has turned its back on him. Like in the climate that we're in now, let's don't just dip our toe in the water. If, if you're going to kind of sort of touch race, touch race. You don't have to touch it with white gloves and make sure you don't get any dust on it. Like, it don't have to be the whole focal point in a movie. But if that's one of the things that is is creating this man's angst besides the loss of his wife. And let me again say, I was really disappointed that uh, Laura London had, gosh, what, uh, you know, Lauren London had, uh, what, five minutes in the movie. I just, I didn't love that. I, I don't. I didn't love that. Um, I just feel like we didn't we didn't really get enough story flushed out. Um, we use this term a lot on this show. I'm a big believer in having layers and having complex characters. Um, I don't feel like they they delve into that enough, to be real with you. And I and again, I just felt like this movie was a setup to try to create a franchise. Uh, Michael B. Jordan did all he could do with it. The supporting actors did. The people who create the stunts and and special effects did a bang up job. But you can have all the sizzle, but if you ain't got no steak, ain't nobody want to. Nobody wants to eat it, and that's kind of what I felt like. It was all sizzle and no steak. I didn't like the story, and that's that's a big part for me. So yeah, two point seven five. What's your score? Look at you, Marcus. Two point seven five. I'm waiting for you to give like a two point seven two three. Use your formula to come up with something really. Precise and cutting edge. Every week, every week, America, every week he be cruising for bruising. Every week <laughs> he wants me to lay that smack down I, on him. Know, every just, week. Hey, dude, I am just completely <laughs> overwhelmed with your accuracy of your, your ratings and how you come up with these numbers, right? 2.81723 because of this. Anyway, let I me stop that, giving that, you. That, that, <laughs> let me stop and give you mine. Mine is a 2.5. How about that, Marcus? Something that kids can actually wrap their heads around. 2.5, right, dead. So be- before I get into mine, I- I'd say something about your Learn London com- um, point. And I noticed that, and I wish that they had kind of leaned into that angle a little bit. But thinking about the p- plot, if they did, 
then you have to change the story a little bit. And then he starts getting away from the fact that they want to highlight his military and shooting expertise and, you know, what he's actually fighting for. The Russian aspect of it goes out a little bit because if you lean into Lauren London, who's, you know, in the movie, she's his wife and, you know, she was pregnant and all of that, then you really have to make it about revenge and not so much about. So again, I think I've talked about this before. I know I'm using my segment to talk to underscoring to to talk about that because I actually thought about that when I was watching it is you could you might as well have made it a completely different movie because that would have been much richer to tell that's my opinion so back to my score 2.5 and the reason so some of the reasons to me it's a very formulaic military if you've watched one you've watched all of them right very familiar movie video game-esque right no real ambition or jeopardy like there's nothing in there that like makes you go oh right there's nothing that like so to me, it's just, just no ambition in it. There's no jeopardy. You know, it's great action, generic, I said familiar, predictable. And you can see the plot twist coming from like two miles away or 10 actually, right? So I probably would have enjoyed it more if they had focused more on fatherhood and give, you know, richness to the character, obviously, and his wife, Lauren London, you know, but, you know, descending into patriotism, We've seen a lot of those, and they work better when they're true stories. You know, war, the inevitable politics of war, and, you know, all of that. So, I mean, is it a movie that I'd say you should watch? Yeah, you should. I mean, it's a shooter. It's lazy. The shooting is precise. Um, The action scenes are great. Um, Like you said, the VFX work is good. But there's some things in there that... um, if you don't just resign to watching and letting it go, if you're going to sit there and get your calculator out and do the Marcus thing of how many people did he just shoot? 100, 101, 102. You are not going to enjoy it because it's a lot of things that make you just roll your eyes really hard. But so, yeah, so 2.5, no more. If, if anybody it. out there can help me get a sponsorship for a Louisville slugger, I got the perfect. <laughs> I got. I got the perfect idea for a commercial. Do you know if I get if I die by beat down, they can use this and put you black man in jail already? You I just, don't know. I'm just saying. I, here, you know what? You made a comment. I would, and I think you make a lot of uh, valid points. But I will just say this: this is a short movie. It's not overly long. If you are a Michael B. Jordan fan see this movie. If you're a person who's going to do, who just want, you know, something that's like a little, that's different, that's not just a status quo, you might be like me and be really disappointed. Um, I hear what you're saying about, about his wife and Jody Turner-Smith, who was, that was also like, I really enjoyed the fact that you had uh, his, you know, commanding officer as a black woman. You usually don't see that. You don't, you don't usually see them um, have women in this role. And I think the reason why I didn't like that they didn't give his wife, they need to give her a ton of air, air time, um, you know, Laura London. No, they didn't have to give her a ton, but I feel like she's a star. She's been, I mean, you know, she's not a mega star like uh, Michael B. Jordan, but she's she's an actress. I just, I think, oftentimes in movies, women's roles, especially black women, are marginalized a lot. So for a movie that's like eighty nine minutes or whatever, I'm just saying to flush out the story a little bit more, so it wasn't so convoluted and predictable at times. I think, you know, putting another five, 10 minutes to give you a backstory. And and I would have liked to explore him being angry more about his wife. Because I'm going to be real. Anybody, man, woman, boy or girl, somebody comes in and kills your wife and your baby. That's, you know, new, your unborn baby. Oh, it's that's going to be the, that's all you thinking about. And I'm going to be honest with you. If I got that kind of rage, I ain't fighting fair just with Dukes. I'm biting. I'm kicking. I'm shooting. I'm stabbing. I I didn't lost my mind. So I just I just feel like I would have liked to see the story flushed out a little bit more. And I think she deserved more airtime than like, hey, uh, a wink and you miss her. That's all I'm saying. But I you gotta say as um for the black woman and being highlighted in the movie, Jody Turner Smith had a central role. Oh yes, it. and, and, I, know, and that's I was, why I, was, I wanted to point her out. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And if, if for All people right. who don't know, Jodie Turner-Smith is the leading actress from Queen and Slim, who was phenomenal in that role. Um, 
uh, I think she did a great job in it. So I just, for, for the uh, listeners who may not know who that is, just want to make sure we shout her out. So yeah. She, she just it. sounds like, um, you know, these people who speak really soft and like when they're not pissed off, you can really enjoy a conversation with them because they just have these calming airs about them. She yes. just comes across to me like one of those people. Yeah, you know what? Is she? Um, and I'm, I don't know if you know this, but is she British? And just she doing is. a really great. I didn't act- want to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> don't you start? Don't you start? You know I, what? It, I, that's it. Louisville yeah. Slugger. I am willing to do be your sponsor. I don't even need a check. Just give me a nice lifetime supply of bats, and I'm gonna use them. And I'm gonna I show don't know. folks. I don't know if you're- show- you remember the Indiana Jones movie where I, I don't know what that guy came was this a steak or like one of these nunchucks or something like yeah 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 and they're just like pew that's what I'm gonna do I'm not pro- <laughs> I'm not promoting violence but I I do I do believe in uh, putting some folks in timeout and so sometimes you, you can't use you can't use a switch you got to get your Louisville Slugger especially when somebody giving you a lot of lip service. So yeah, that's 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 why right. I need that sponsorship. You you had your turn today. You can call Louisville Slogger and beg. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and close this show out. All righty, all righty. Thanks for as always. You know, thanks for listening and vibing with us again today. We um took some time off to remember George Floyd. This is the one year anniversary of his passing. And we just want to take some time and recognize that and the impact. We started off by that. We're going to end with that. And just point out, you know, Culture Scores is Speak Studio Original. You can follow us, download, leave us reviews, you know, listen to anywhere you listen to your podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, you know, you have it. If you want to follow us on social media, our handle is at speak.studio. Um, the dot spelled out, so speak.studio. And Marcus's handle. Marcus, yeah, you want to give uh, that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm the Marcus T Moore. That's Marcus with a C. T as in terrific. Moore. <laughs> so uh with two O's. And um, yeah, if you guys want to find us, we are out there. That's you can find me with, with that handle on every uh social media. It's the same for all of them. And um, I hope you guys got to enjoy tonight like this this podcast. Like we really tried to up our energy because you know we we too have heavy hearts and so we tried to bring a little uh i guess the word of the night is uh or the word of the day is levity just tried to kind of have a little fun tonight and just kind of ramp it up a little bit because we know a lot of people out there are, are having heavy hearts and uh, we just want to let you know we we're with you and 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 to uh you know george floyd's family we keep you up and uh, keep you uplifted and thoughts and prayers and um we look for a brighter day but thank you all for being here with us and uh yeah till next time absolutely peace